All right, and welcome to this special episode of Realtor Fight Club. These series, oh, I can't talk today, but this series <laughs> is called What Would You Do? And where we talk about ethics and professional uh, standards committee cases and scenarios, and we weigh in and figure out what would we, what would we do? So today with us, we have Rachel Real from Rachel Real Real Estate in Chicago. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Jen, how are you? Great, how are you? I'm glad to be back. Good. All right. You got a good one for us today? I, I do. I do. And I picked this one because typically around the first of the year, agents start to think about maybe making a change in brokerage. So this, this case kind of talks about what you might do to get yourself in a, that might get yourself in a pickle if you start advertising under your new brokerage. So uh, I thought this would be a good one to talk about. One. Okay. Yes. A little timely. Okay. So this one revolves around article 12, standard of practice 12-7 of the Realtor Code of Ethics. Okay. So article 12 states that realtors shall be honest and truthful in their real estate communications and shall present a true picture in their advertising, marketing, and other representations. Realtors shall ensure that their status as real estate professionals is readily apparent in their advertising, marketing, and other representations, and that the recipients of all real estate communications are or have been notified that those communications are from a real estate professional. Okay. Standard of practice 12-7 says only realtors who participated in the transaction as the listing broker or cooperating broker, also known as the selling broker, may claim to have sold the property. Prior to closing, a cooperating broker may post a sold sign only with the consent of the listing broker. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Are you already violating it? We haven't even talked about the case yet. Wait a minute. Let me back up. Read that again. Do you do, you do that? Uh, prior to closing, a cooperating know. broker <laughs> may, po- may post a sold sign oh, only with the consent. No, 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 no. no. Okay. okay. Oh, okay. Good. Right. Then you're- yes. So do you, do you post them afterwards? I mean, sometimes if I have the closing. buyer, because here's the thing, it's like nobody know, knew that who represented right. the buyer, they only knew who represented the seller. And then- exactly. If it's so do your, do your sellers or to your buy, do your buyers then let you leave it up for a week or whatever it is, or a long weekend? Oh, a, couple, a few weeks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause then you nice. can knock and call around it and people see it and that's right. You know, nice. Now do you get, do you get some good leads off of that or good business from that too? Have you found? I mean, it's the same as when you're it's nice when you have a sign up just because it does generate a little bit, generate some interest and it gets exactly. your name out there too. So. Yeah. It's the same as any kind of door knocking or. Right. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good to know. But the point is also to get more listings. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So the case we're going to talk about today is advertising role in sales after changing firm affiliation. So again, this is when you are at, at uh, ABC Realty and you're going to move to XYZ. You're going to move and to what e- can you, no. you're going to what? <laughs> move to EXP. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You're going to move and you, and you want to still make, you want to still talk about what you sold in the past. Got so it. this was, I thought this was really interesting because there was, there's two cases that I looked at on this one and with a very small adjustment in how you handle it could change how you're found in violation or not. Wow. So this right. one is really interesting. So, all right. Realtor Q was a non-principal broker licensed with ABC Realtors. Realtor Q specialized in buyer representation. A prominent feature on her website carried the headline, I sold these and I can help you buy or sell too. (laughs) Hey, whatever works. Under the headline was a list of over a hundred street addresses of properties for which Realtor Q had found buyers. 
So Realtor Q is the buyer's agent. And on her website, then she's listing, here's a hundred list, here's a hundred addresses I represented the buyer in. Okay. For personal and professional reasons, Realtor Q chose to leave the ABC firm to affiliate with XYZ Realtors. Okay. As she transitioned to her new firm, Realtor Q was careful to disclose the name of her new firm in a readily apparent manner on her website. Her website also continued to display the list of properties she had found buyers for during her time with ABC firm. So she's made the change. Her website is now XYZ. Okay. And she's still got the list of properties she sold while at ABC. Okay. (laughs) Realtor Q's parting with ABC had been amicable. So she was surprised to receive a complaint bought by her former principal broker, Realtor C, alleging a violation of Article 12 as interpreted interpreted by standard of practice 12-7 based on her website's display of sales made while Realtor Q had been affiliated with ABC. Okay. So at the hearing, Realtor C, the complainant, noted that standard of practice 12-7 provides in part only realtors who participated in the transaction as the listing broker or cooperating broker may claim to have sold the property. It was ABC Realtors, Realtor C added, that was the selling broker in these transactions, not our former sales associate, Realtor Q. So, and when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, that's that's true. And that's how it is, yeah. It is how it is. Apprenticeship program, hashtag. Uh, Right. Her (laughs) advertising our sales under the umbrella of her new firm, XYZ Realtors, is confusing at best and potentially misleading to consumers who may get the impression that XYZ firm was involved in these transactions when that's not the case. Okay. Realtor Q defended herself and her website, arguing the fact that she had found the buyers for each of these properties listed on her website was still true, and that the only thing that had changed was her firm affiliation. Mm-hmm. If it was true when I was licensed with ABC, then it's still true even though I'm now licensed with XYZ. Okay. Thoughts? I mean, I think it's completely ridiculous. I think she should be able to advertise them because people hire the agent. They rarely hire the broker- brokerage. True. But then when you look at the license law, the license law states that the, right, the listing belongs to the brokerage and we are strictly designated agents. So it sounds like she's in violation. I agree. I just think it's stupid. Right. I think it's crummy. So, okay. So here's what the the hearing panel on this one agreed that Realtor Q had in fact sold the properties, albeit while licensed with ABC. Her website, however, suggested that the sales were made while Realtor Q was licensed with XYZ, which was not the case. Right. Consequently, Realtor Q was found in violation of Article 12. Bill. So, yes. So, and I get it because again. I get it too, but it's like bad business to be like suing your formal agent, not suing, I guess it feels like that. Right. It's just, there's a better way around it. So in, in the other case that I looked at, the only difference between the two where the other one was not in violation and this one was, was that there was a disclaimer put on the list of properties on that webpage that said, each of these properties was listed by Realtor P over the past seven years. For much of that time, I was affiliated with another firm. Oh, read that again, girl. Done. Each of these properties was listed by Realtor P over the last seven years. For much of that time, I was affiliated with another firm. That's great. Done. So that person there, which was a very similar scenario, was not in violation because they flat out spelled out, here's all the properties I've sold since I was licensed in 2000, whatever it was. I, right now, I'm, this is my brokerage, but these have been over the history of, and I've been at various brokerages over that time. Right. So that you're not saying, hey, I've, it looks like all of these were through this company. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
amazing. One little sentence can change. One little sentence. Exactly. And that's why when I started looking into both of these, you know, yeah, it doesn't make sense that as a, as a buyer's agent, you're forced to remove every, all the history you've done, no. you know, and, and buyer transactions for 15 years. It doesn't no. make any sense. So what's the logical way to do that so that you're still in compliance, but then you can still make sure that you can advertise your history. Because right. if you go on a listing appointment or a buyer appointment and they say, okay, what have you done in the last 15 years? Well, I've been with this brokerage for five minutes. I've done three. There's, you know, there, there's a huge difference between that and what you've done over 15 years. Exactly. So, so as long as you're straightforward, because if you showed that to your grandma, your grandma would not be confused. Right. Well, right. But I mean, the, the thing is too, I get it. And I totally understand, but like, are they actually like even reading that it's in fine print, right? I know. Right. 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 And I guess the, the other, the other issue too, that we see in some of these things is when the fine print is so fine. Mm-hmm. That you take have to take a microscope microscope to get out and read it. Yeah, there's one. It, it just it doesn't even make any sense. I was in in Illinois where I'm at the when you look at a, a brokerage sign, the name of the brokerage has to be the same size as your personal name or larger, so it can't be smaller. Right. There was a sign that I that I saw at a property, and I took a picture of it because if this was the sign, uh-huh. the agent's name was the entire thing, and yeah. the brokerage was a half inch in the corner that you had to get out of your car and get about four inches from it to be able to read it. Oh, wow. There's no way on God's green earth that somebody knows who that person belongs to when right. you have the brokerage size is, is this big. Oh, tiny. Yeah, that's so true. tiny. Right. So can you give us an example? Because we've never talked about this. What's an example of like some of the fines? How do the fines work? Is the board just make them up or well, there's, there's a citation program that was rolled out a handful of years ago for certain citation program. Right. It's like you're getting a ticket, right? You're getting a ticket. Um, and those are for things that are very cut and dry, very black and white. So for example, a situation like that, you took a picture of a sign and said, I'm submitting this anonymously. And you can submit anonymous, anonymously through the citation program. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, there's nothing, you, you don't need a hearing panel to have discussion and, and testimony to determine whether or not the it's name of the, the brokerage is here, right? So for certain things, there's there's uh, the citation program is an option. So you yeah. can submit anonymously through that. And there are certain dollar amounts attached to each one of those things based on the violation mm-hmm. and based on whether or not you've been there before. So repeat offenders or what we call frequent flyers um, are subject to higher fines because they've been there is before. Is it like a DUI where you, what is it? Or is it DUI? Whatever, where you, you're three and then you lose your license or something? It depends. There, there's a whole manual that we go through when we're, when we come through, after we go through executive session and determine what, whether or not they were in violation, then we're able to ask the staff member if they had been there before. So if they've been, uh, if, they, if they're a repeat offender or frequent flyer, we know about that before we issue sanctions. So the sanctions will vary based on the severity of the, of the issue. The but if they've, had, of the violation. they've been there, like say they've been there like three times, is it like an, in there fine? found in violation again? Is it like an automatic loss of license? That's a good question. I would imagine that there are some, some violations that if you've, if you've been there a couple of times and you've done the same thing over and over and over again, that may be, may be an option. Most of the, most of the hearings that I'm in um, are either non-repeat offenders or somebody who has been there for something else that was somewhat unrelated. I haven't been in there yet where somebody has been a repeat offender. Hmm. Oh, to the point good. where they've, yeah, I, ha- I have seen intent is, is most of it. I imagine like not intentionally some people. Right. If, well, and I mean, I was on one not too long ago where a, an agent went to show a property and it was a horseshoe street 
And it was very confusing in terms of the numbers of the properties and the ad the addresses, because when you got halfway through the horseshoe, the numbers repeated themselves, but a different oh. street name. Oh. It was very bizarre. So the intention was not at all there to walk into the wrong house. Oh. So the mirror image house, which mirror image in terms of property address number, but not nearly the same in terms of price, condition, upgrades and all that stuff. The agent walked into the wrong house. The alarm went off, continued to show the house, oh. never, never apparently realizing he was in a house that was priced 150,000 over where he was supposed to be. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the, it went to a hearing and he's like, well, I, I don't know. I just walked into the house, you know, I showed the house. It's like, well, the alarm was going off. Did that not, you know, that not trigger a thought that maybe I'm in the wrong place. No, I didn't check the sign. I didn't check the picture. There was no, he didn't print a listing sheet out to say, am I in the right place or not? So there was no intention to, to, to violate anything, but just the fact that the way it was handled was completely nuts. Right. You know, he was found in violation. It was, <laughs> it was like watching a circus. The real it was like watching a circus. Yeah, yeah. I imagine it is. <laughs> Right, because you know, typically, if I pull up to a house, I'm going to look at the listing sheet and go, "Yeah, that's the same agent that's listed on the sign. Same agent here. This is I'm in the right place." Yes, before I walk in the door, especially if like yes. the addresses are wonky and they're like across the street from each other. It's right, like, mm, there might be. Right. I better check. <laughs> right, right. But if I walked into the house and the alarm started going off, I'd probably think I might be in the wrong place. Right. Or maybe or, I should at least walk out the front door and make a phone call. And be like, can they turn the alarm off and then find out that you're in the wrong place? Then you find out and, and, and say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Not, right. I'm just going to keep showing. We'll just, we'll just take our tour. Just plug your ears. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, Rachel. Well, if somebody has a referral for you in Chicago, what's the best way to get a hold of you? The best way to reach me is on my cell phone at 630-542-8688. Or you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rachel Real Estate. Perfect. Thanks, Rachel. Bye. Thanks, Jen. Always a good time. Yep.